Okay, um, there have been so many experiences in my life where people have uh, been used to aid in seeing me find healing. And there are way too many for me to tell, but let me share with you maybe just one. I don't know if you've ever had an ear infection. I mean a really intense ear infection. Uh, on two occasions, I've had these, and they're the most excruciating, painful thing imaginable. Um, it reminds me of that uh, Star Trek scene. Do you remember that? The Star Trek scene, when like the Klingon dude, he put this alien worm in Chekhov's ear, and, and I just, if you, you will never forget that scene if you've seen it. And it's just, you can envision the pain that he's going through. And there were two times, and now I never travel. You know, I travel all over the world. I always have this incredible, awesome medicine I can put in. You know, can you imagine being in Vietnam or where I'm at in India, and something like this happens? Fortunately, I was here. And I mean, I've never thought about committing suicide. But in those moments, I'm like, if this pain doesn't go away, I, I was like, Tracy, I didn't know what to do with this pain. And so it was like, get me to the hospital. I can barely walk. It's like a migraine 100,000 times beyond. And I was like, just blow my head off, man. I just am dying. And so I remember coming in, and I'm delirious, and there's a nurse there. And she looks at me, and she says, uh, Mark, what I need to do is a, a flush in your ear. And she shows me this kind of thing, and she's going to flush my ear with warm water. And I can't imagine anything going inside my ear. But I'm like in just tears saying, go ahead, if that's what you think is going to help. And I remember insert, Tracy was there. She inserts this in my ear, and she, they begin this flushing process. And a matter of seconds, it went from absolute, unbelievable pain to absolute, complete, total tranquility. And I mean in seconds. And I'm in with tears in my eyes. I remember I just, I just, I hugged her and traced her. I'm just said, thank you. I'm just, thank you, thank you. I'm just like weeping on her. I'm sure she's like going, what is, this guy's a basket case, you know? And, but it was just, un I've never gone from such pain to such healing instantaneously. This is what God wants to do in your life. This is who God uh, is. And we're going to see something amazing this morning. Turn your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 5. 2 Kings is the 12th book in the Old Testament, okay? So 2 Kings chapter 5. Now, I love this story because it's true. It's about a guy named Naaman. And uh, we have to go back 850 B.C., okay? So we're nearly 3,000 years ago. And Naaman, he's this supreme commander in the army of Aram. And I want you to picture this. Here's a, here's a map of uh, modern-day Syria. It, Damascus is in Syria today. Aram was in this whole area north of Israel. And this is where he was a commander in the army. He was the supreme commander. And, uh, well, let's just uh, begin reading about this story of how God reveals himself to Naaman as the God who heals, it changes his life. And there's so much insight in this for us. Look, if you would, at verse 1. Now, Naaman was commander of the army of the king of Aram. So he works directly underneath the king. 
Israel's enemy, to the north. He was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded, great reputation, because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. He had all this going for him. He was great reputation, the highest you could become in what he was as a soldier, but he had leprosy, this incurable skin disease. You have everything going for you, but there's this one area, there's this one but in your life. I got everything happening, but there's one area that you're ashamed of. You, you're like, God, why haven't you helped me with this area? It could be physical. It could be emotional. It could be relational. It could be something in your marriage. It can be something not, you're, you're lacking a marriage. It could be something with your kids, your family. It doesn't matter. You got everything going for you, right? But there's one area. But he had leprosy. But you have, you have something physical that's going on you wish that God would deal with. You wish God would heal, he'd take away. Read on. Now, bands from Aram had gone out and had taken captive a young girl, providentially, from Israel. So Naaman would lead these raids from Syria or Aram down into Israel, and he'd just get across the border, and it, these were small pickings of Israelites. And in one of these skirmishes, he takes captive a young girl, providentially, who would eventually tell Naaman about this great prophet, Elisha. So read on. So they take captive this young girl, and she serves as Naaman's wife. She becomes his wife. She's an Israelite. She said to her mistress, if only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria, and he would cure him of his leprosy. Now, Samaria is the northern capital of, uh, of, is the, capital of the northern kingdom. When you go with me to Israel, we'll take you to Samaria. You'll see where the capital was. And, and so she is telling her master... Guess what? In Samaria, there is this amazing prophet. You need to go see him, and he'll bring healing. Naaman went to his master, that's the king, verse 4, and told him what the girl of Israel had said. And the king says, well, by all means, go, the king of Aram replied. And also send a letter uh, to the king of Israel. The king of Israel was a guy named Jehoram at that time. So Naaman left, taking with him 10 talents of silver. That's 750 pounds of silver. 6,000 shekels of gold, that's 150 pounds of gold, wow, and 10 sets of clothing. And then he the letter that he took to the king of Israel read, with this letter, I am sending my servant Naaman to you so that you may cure him of his leprosy. <laughs> and look at the reaction of the king of Israel, Joram. He says, as soon as the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his robes and said, am I God? Can I kill and bring back to life? Why does this fellow, the king of Aram, Send someone to me to be cured of his leprosy. See how he's trying to pick a quarrel with me? He's thinking, this guy's trying to pick a fight with me. I can't heal someone of their leprosy. That, no one can do that. Look at verse 8. When Elisha, the man of God, heard the king of Israel had torn his robes, he sent him this message. Why have you torn your robes? Have the man come to me, and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots, probably his gold and his silver and this letter from the king and all these, you know, ten uh, things of clothes. And they, look, notice, they stops at the door of Elisha's house there in Samaria. 
And Elisha sent a messenger. The word messenger is servant. A lowly servant to this great guy, Naaman. And the messenger came and he said, uh, my master says just go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan and your flesh will be restored and you'll be cleansed. Now the Jordan River from Samaria is 25 miles, literally, to the east. He's like, travel 25 miles, dip yourself in the Jordan seven times, you'll be cured. And Elisha doesn't even show up. He just sends the messenger. Look what Naaman, what's going on here. Look at verse 11. But Naaman went away angry. And he said, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call in the name of the Lord his God, wave his hand over, you know, the spot and cure me, you know, with leprosy. Are not Abana and Parfer, the rivers of Damascus, that's up in uh, Aram, better than any of the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned off and he went in rage and left. Now, it's helpful to understand your geography. And this is why, a little commercial, go with me to Israel. Let me show with you, so now let's, let, let's just take a look at these rivers. So he's talking, first of all, about the Abana River. Here's a picture of the Abana River. It's on its way. That's the Abana River. It, it literally, it began in the Lebanon mountains and flowed to Damascus. It was this clear water river that produced gardens and orchards for Aram. It was unbelievably uh, just pure and beautiful. And he's, you know, Naaman's going, couldn't I go to that river? And then he, here's, here's the Parpar River. Parpar River flowed east from Mount Hermon and south of Damascus, and it also had this superior water quality compared to the muddy Jordan. See, Naaman, he knows this whole area, and he knows the Jordan, the Jordan River. Now, here's a couple pictures of the Jordan. This is the Jordan. That's not the Jordan. Is there another picture, Robert? Okay, that's the Jordan. That's the Jordan on a typical day. I mean, there's times it's clear, but after you have rainfall, some of you remember, we baptized, that's my son Luke that we baptized, and Naaman's going, I don't want to go to that river and get cleansed. Are you serious? Let me go to the better rivers. Now watch this. Fortunately, it's amazing. I'm, I'm preaching right now, and I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't do this. I'm not going to go there. No. No, I, it's been a while, okay, since I've been with you guys, you know, and... Uh, but it's amazing the excuses we make. Certain times God speaks to us, or our friends will speak to us. We'll go, I don't want to do that or that. And God's trying to talk to us. And we come up with our lazy excuses because we're all so full of pride. But notice, God sends in his mercy some servants, some friends that Naaman. Look at verse 13. Naaman's servants went to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more then when he tells you, go to the Jordan, wash and be cleansed? So Naaman kind of thought about that. So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times, as the man of God had said, and his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. Verse 15, notice what happens now. This is the transformation. God reveals himself to redirect his life. Naaman and, and all his attendants went back to the man of God he stood before him and he said, now I know there's no God in all the world except in Israel. He goes from polytheistic, believing in many gods, to now one God, monotheistic. I believe in Yahweh, the God of Israel. 
Then he goes, please accept now a gift from your servant. He wants to show his gratitude to God and give. The prophet answered, as surely as the Lord lives whom I serve, I will not accept a thing. And even though Naaman urged him, he said, no, I'm not here to receive your money for payment. This is God's grace on your life. Then he says, verse 17, if you will not, said Naaman, please let me, uh, your servant, be given as much earth as a pair of mules can carry, for your servant will never again make burnt offerings and sacrifices to any other god but the Lord. In the ancient Near East back then, it was believed that a god, small g god, could only be worshipped on the soil of the nation to which that god belonged. And so Naaman is like, can I please bring back tons of earth, as much as I can carry, so that I can worship Yahweh on that earth in my own home country. This is the transformation in his heart that's taking place. And furthermore, he said in verse 18, but may uh, the Lord forgive your servant for this one thing also. When my master enters the temple of Rimon, that's a false god, to bow down to the, on its, to bow down, and he is leaning on my arm, and I bow down there also, when I bow down in the temple of Ramon, may the Lord forgive your servant for this. And then Elisha says, uh, go in peace. Wow. What a great story. Amazing truth here. So let's, let's begin by now interacting about this because we learn together through this mode. So let's begin with someone that could restate this passage in your own words. Uh, what is this about? What, if you were to tell this story to a 10-year-old, how would you describe it? I know this is not a challenging thing to do, but this is a story about what would you say? How, someone just summarize it in 30 seconds. You can just stand right here. Let's bring a mic over. And is there anyone else? You're willing to stand and just we'll bring, get a mic to you real quick. Let's get them. We've got three mics around here. We'll take one more summary. We need you to stand though right now so we can get a mic to you. What's the summary? What would you say? This is... There was a man named Naaman who was the commander of the army of Aram, and he got leprosy, and he went to his king. And, um, well, first he had a servant girl who was a captive from Israel, and uh, she told Naaman's wife that uh, there was a prophet who could cure him. So he went to the king, and the king gave him uh, uh, permission to go, and he took all kinds of gifts to this prophet and a letter to the king and of Israel, and the king of Israel was beside himself because he didn't know how to cure anybody. But Elisha, the prophet, heard about it, and um, so he was sent to Elisha, and, but Elisha just sent a messenger when the uh, Naaman got to his house to tell him to go wash in the Jordan, and he would be cured. And Naaman expected some big thing, and he got upset because it was so simple, but his servant said, hey, if it was something big, you would have done it. So Naaman went and washed himself and got cured. And um, then they went back to Elisha and told him that he knew now that there was no God but the God of Israel, and he was going to go back to his country and worship him. Huh? It's awesome. I think that's got it right there. I love that she had her Bible right there and just went for it. It's not easy to do that. Jeannie, great job with that. Okay, let's go a little bit further. Let's take another question here. What most impacts you from this story? I mean, what jumps off the page? What is the most powerful point of this whole story for you? 
What speaks to your heart? Just stand up right now. Just tell us. What, what just initially, it's like this gripped me when I heard this. Go for it. Yep. Just trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Okay, now, why, now where do you see that in the Scripture here? What do you mean by that? I mean, that's great, but what do you mean by that? Why did that I, grip you? What part of the story gripped you? Just the part where he's telling that the prophet, telling him that just go cleanse yourself, uh, you'll be cleansed. Just do what God says. Yes. Just do it. I love it. It's great. What else impacted you? Uh, God used leprosy to bring this uh, great guy, Naaman, to his knees and bring Naaman to him. And he can use, he does, does things like that. He'll use wow. earaches, he'll yeah. use leprosy, yeah. all kinds of things to, to bring us to him. Love it. God uses that thing. Sometimes we're just like, why is this here? And yet the Lord has a plan. Awesome. What else you got over here? You have to be obedient. When God speaks, do what he says. When God speaks, we do what he says. Love it. What else impacted you? God humbles us so that he can bless us. He made him bathe in the dirtiest river, and he had leprosy. And so <laughs> here's this great army leader and just so low to the ground in this nasty river, and he's just so humbled so that he can receive this huge Ooh. blessing from God. So the way to healing is often through the path of humility. We have to be willing to humble ourselves, and that's where the healing comes. One more. Well, mine's the uh, same way. It's like here's a mighty warrior. And in order to uh, be healed, he had to humble himself. Yeah. Awesome. Great insight, you guys. Okay. Let's talk about God here. Let's look at this passage theologically. What in the Scripture is revealed to us about the nature of God, His character, or how God works? Okay? Go ahead. Let's stand. Let's get some people to respond. What do you see here revealed to us about God that uh, is something that we see portrayed in the scripture right here, and then we'll go over here. Grace. Oh, that God is a great healer, and he will heal me. <laughs> God is a great healer. Yeah, and uh, he, he does this in simple ways, and uh, not in, in so many, uh, de uh, not in detail. Okay. Way. Mm -hmm. God is a great healer. There's times he can heal in such simple ways. I love it. Mike, over there. God loves everybody. He healed a man from Aram, an enemy of Israel. Wow. But he showed his love and healed anyone. Love it. God is not a respecter of persons. If someone will humble themselves, the Lord is willing to heal. Yeah. What else? Doing God's will, but not mine. Showing God has um, uh, mercy on those. Okay. God is a God of mercy. You bet. When we turn to him, his mercy to bring healing. You bet. Right over here. What else do we learn about God? Uh, God's grace is free of charge, even if we want to pay God's for it, but uh, he won't allow it. Free of charge. Love it. Yes. Um, God used a series, a chain of events. He didn't just do the easy way and heal him immediately. Uh, the final, I think, awesomeness was when the servant is the one who encouraged him at the end, or else I don't think he would have gone to the river at yeah. all. Yeah. And that was the final. He took someone that this man probably listened to and trusted, but people don't think much about servants, and he's the one who got him at the end to go to the river. Yeah, God uses people. 
to speak to us, to lead us in his will for his healing purposes. Yeah, what else about God? Well, you often find God in the most obscure places. You never (laughs) think to find his healing power in this dirty, filthy river. And yes, it is free. His grace is free. Love it. For all of us. God's ways are higher than our ways, and sometimes they don't make sense in a filthy river. Are you kidding? That's where healing is going to take place? I'm so impressed with the servant girl. Here she was a captive against her will, but she loved God, and yeah. she still loved her, um, her master and her master's wife, and was, God used her to, for Nathan's healing. Yeah, beautiful. And that kind of segues us into the next. That's kind of a double there. What do you discover about man? Well, here's a woman, like you said, that could have been very bitter about the fact that she'd been taken from her homeland. She's now in a foreign country, but she's still testifying about God and, and even telling others, pointing them to God like she did her husband. But what are some of the things that we can learn about man? What do you see about the nature of man? How man or woman often responds. What do you learn? What, what stands out to you? Uh, right over here. And we got one right here. We, um, we want to do things our way. He wanted to do it in the rivers that he <laughs> chose. He didn't want to do it in the Jordan. He wanted to do it in these other two rivers. Wow. So you bet. That. Isn't that the case? We can get so set. And that's pride. We've got our way. And hey, if God wants to work my way, great. Karen saying, that's it, huh? <laughs> Karen kind of whispered that to me, so there you go. You got over here. Uh, for me, it's, um, you know, we tend to look at the material things. Uh, this uh, you know, guy wanted to go to the, the nicer place. Uh, thought it made more sense. We kind of want to go to the bigger hospital, the newer hospital, Ooh. the bigger building, uh, because... That must mean that it's productive and the things uh, that need to get taken care of at that moment. And we could find God in the simplest place. Uh, we're looking for fluff. We're looking for size. But God is just so there in, in the yeah. smallest place you don't even know. Great. You bet. Yeah, we're very prone to looking for God in the places we think God is. But it's like, Maybe we need to be open this morning to the fact that he wants to reveal himself and redirect our life because he works in an area you never thought he'd work in. Okay, what else about man? Right over here. Uh, God uses our trials to point us to him more often than he uses our blessings. Wow, powerful. God uses that leprosy. Without that leprosy, Naaman would never, most likely... Maybe he would have, God knows, but we know in this situation, God used that leprosy to bring him to the greatest thing he could experience, a relationship with God. Yeah. We have a part to play in our healing process. We're not just passive observers of God's miracle uh, without requiring anything from us. Oh, man, isn't that good? You know, we're not called to be passive bystanders that just wait and wait and wait. We need to take some action as well. Okay, right there. Okay, Naaman showed a weakness still that, uh, that we, we, know we, are, we all have weaknesses. He said that he, he asked for God, the Lord's forgiveness, if he had to go to the temple with his master, I guess his king. And, and when his king bowed, he, he would have to kind of bow, otherwise he'd be killed probably. So 
It's just like yeah. all of us. Yeah. Naaman was honest and very transparent. I mean, you can see his life being changed, but he also realizes I have a job to do, and part of my job is this for the king. And he even asked Elisha, can you please forgive me of this? I mean, that says something about his heart. It's kind of beautiful, isn't it? There's times we struggle with all sorts of ethical things. In business, and we're like, wow. And, and there's a battle that goes on. And we see that battle in his life and in ours as well. Right here. What else about man? Um, that I think we're designed to know that God is real. And when he, we are open to receive him and he reveals himself to us, it can absolutely transform. Wow. Um, we the, are when he was healed, just the transformation wow. of his heart that let me carry as much dirt back so that I have wow. the appropriate dirt to worship this God that I recognize as my Fantastic. in a moment changed him. Yeah, we are created to know God. And if we don't know God, we'll be grasping for straws, trying to somehow find fulfillment. But finally, when we start moving toward God and God reveals himself, it changes our whole life, doesn't it? And we discover the reason we're alive. That's awesome. What else do you about Naaman man? thought he could buy his healing. So when he left, he took so much wealth, gold, silver, and he didn't need to do that. The, the um, prophet just sent him the message from God. Oh, that's great. Sometimes we think we have to buy our healing from God. The televangelist, that's why I go nuts when I watch this. You put in this much money. Are you serious? crazy but sometimes we fall into that if i'm a good person then god will answer my prayers and we think we have to pay god off and we have to be in church we have to do this that and the other and we're learning about the character of god there are times we have to humble ourselves but we need to make sure we don't get into that mentality mm, it's good anything else one more here okay about let's get a let's get a mic to you hang on this is all being recorded and we'll get that to you Something else about man that's revealed here. <laughs> yeah, uh, the usual problem of pride. Mm. Uh, because of Naaman's pride, he almost didn't get healed. Wow, powerful. Okay, let's go ahead and let's uh, transition to now this question. And I'm going to put two questions together. How can you obey this? In other words, what is God saying to you in light of this whole experience of what you should do in light of this passage, in light of this story. And at your tables, can you write a short statement about how your group, how your table will, will obey this? What will you say? We will, you know, we are going to, this is your we will statement that you're going to come up with at your table. We're going to share uh, this, different tables in a second are going to talk about, hey, in light of this, this is how we feel we need to obey God this week because of this passage. Take a moment, come up with your uh, we will statement. Share them in a bit. Okay, let's uh, get a few of you bold ones to stand up and just share with us what you think is a great obedient statement, how we can apply this uh, this week. Please stand if you would. Let's get some mics to you. Just one representative from your table to share your statement. That'd be great. Thank you guys. Okay, we're going to trust God and follow his instructions. You're going to trust God and follow his instructions. Yes. So when God speaks to you, you're going to follow him. Yes. Whatever that is. Great. What else? We will humble ourselves to the Lord and be open to receive his direction. Wow. 
we will humble ourselves to the Lord and be open to receive his direction. Wow, you bet. Yeah, good morning. Yeah, we uh, thinking about our study in Proverbs. Um, and so we think about Proverbs 3, 5, you know. So we're going to trust in the Lord. We're going to humble ourselves and understand that we don't know everything. Um, wow. And thank the Lord for his grace and his mercy. Right on. Trust the Lord. Admit to him we don't know everything. And ask him to lead us and follow that leading. That's great. Yeah. Uh, we decided um, listen to the Holy Spirit, humble ourselves, and obey the word of God. Say the last part of it. I didn't and obey it. the word of God. Listen to the Lord. Humble ourselves. Obey the word that he gives us. That's great. Okay. Um, we're going to be more open to God's voice and still ourselves before him. Once we hear his voice, we must obey him. Wow. Yeah. It's like, are we hearing that voice of God that is speaking to us? You know, the Bible says, I, the Lord, am your healer. That's one of the names of God. And but what we learn from this scripture is we've got to humble ourselves, hear him, and do what he says. So very powerful. Yeah. Um, we're going to depend on God, not through material possession, but look for his direction. Okay. Depend on God. Look to him spiritually for his direction. That's great. A couple more here. Right here. Ours is, we will consider God in all situations, trust his direction, be willing to do what it takes to receive our healing, even if it is uncomfortable for us. Wow. Do what we need to do, what he calls us to do to receive our healing, even if it is uncomfortable. Wow, that's powerful. That's like life-changing. Because I know, I'm just being honest, I know as a pastor a lot of people who are unwilling to humble themselves to find healing. I, the Lord, God says, I'm your healer, but they're unwilling. They're closed. Powerful, powerful insight. Go ahead, Karen. Okay, I don't know how powerful this is, but we will listen for the unexpected voice of God. Okay, we're going to listen for that unexpected thing, and it's like, okay, if God's telling me something to do I don't want to do, I can't even imagine doing, maybe I should do it. Because maybe that's him speaking. Love it. We will listen... Appeal to God, be humble, and not be surprised by the Lord's unique ways of healing Ooh. us. And not be, you know, when we pray, when we listen, we won't be surprised when God says to us something that maybe we weren't expecting, you know? There's, it, it, in the Bible, there's one interpretation of the Bible, but many applications. There's only one meaning of Scripture, but there are many ways to apply it. So this is what I wrote down in my notes. When I have a physical need... Now, you could argue Naaman was what he was experiencing, leprosy, physical. It was also emotional. It was social. I mean, leprosy was, you know, you were unclean. Now, he wasn't an Israelite, so the law didn't apply to him like it did to Israel. But this is a serious deal to have leprosy. And so I wrote, when I have a physical need, I will humble myself and do what God asked me to do or what others ask me to do. If it's from God. Let me, I don't like to do this, but I am. Because I feel like there's a scripture that applies to this that's so powerful. I don't want you to turn there. I want you to listen to God's word. And this often is where I see Christians really struggling to humble themselves for the physical healing that God promises and teaches in the Bible. 
are you, are you, you know, Naaman had all this going for him, but, but this. I think we all have but this. You know what God says? If any of you is sick, he should call the elders of the church and pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. That's James 5, 14 and 15. That is a command in the Bible. If you're sick, you are called to go to the Jordan, muddy Jordan River, which means you call a pastor like me and anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord for your healing. Sometimes we struggle with that because it's so humbling. If you physically, if there's sickness, you go to that prayer room. You call the elders of the church. You say, I need prayer. Anoint me with oil in the name of the Lord for my healing. Sickness isn't just physical. It's emotional. It's psychological. We need to turn to the Lord. Let me give you another insight into this because I think this is equally powerful in my own life. In Romans chapter 13, I just, you know, you can write this down later. Just write down Romans 13, 1 to 4, and I'll read it. I just want you to listen. Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. See, God has instituted authority, figures in your life, pastors, a doctor. When a doctor, a pastor, someone in authority speaks to you about your physical condition, and you're not listening, that's like the Lord speaking to you. Every authority figure, a parent, that's established by God. The Bible says, you know, and those who do so, who don't listen, will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right, and he will commend you. For he is God's servant to do you good. Doctors are God's servants to do you good. And so we need to humble ourselves and say, I'm just saying to you as your pastor, as someone who loves you, and, and someone I need to be listening to, the doctors. Are you willing to listen to a doctor? Some of us, if we're physically going through it, are you listening for the counsel of that doctor and doing what that doctor says? Because the Bible teaches that that doctor is speaking the words of God to you. And if we're unwilling to take the medicine or get on the diet or the exercise program, it's like we're saying we're, we're not humbling ourselves for the healing that God wants to give us. Does that make sense? That's something to deeply think about in our own lives. You know, um, just uh, two days ago, I had a really cool lunch with a young man that's here right now. And we we're just talking about life. And, you know, I, I suggested that he should be here today in church. And he humbled himself and he showed up. I'm not going to point him out, but he's, uh, I've known him for years. And I thought, here's a guy who wanted an appointment with me just to talk, and he had the humility and the character to actually go, okay, you're recommending this, Pastor Mark? I'm there. And he showed up. I think that's an example of maybe what, he's like a Naaman 
to me. That's in the right, you're going in the right path when that happens. Hmm. So, how are we doing time-wise here? I don't know where we're at. Let, 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 let's turn the corner a little bit on this. And let, I think there's some incredible insight here that maybe someone in your life, maybe there's someone that you just need to be like that servant of Naaman's. Remember that servant went, hey, Naaman, you are, you know, an awesome guy. But the prophet said if you just do this, this will happen. Maybe you should do that, and you would be used of the Lord to talk to them about the God who heals. But the pathway to healing is often humility. There may be someone in your life that you need to kind of be that servant and go to them and talk to them. So who is it that maybe in your life God has brought you here not just for you, but for someone else? You could go to someone and kind of tell them what you've learned today. Would you take a moment and just talk about maybe who that person is at your table that you could go to? Go for it. Just take a moment. We're going to end this in kind of a daring way. I believe there's someone here right now who's a Naaman. God spoke to you, maybe it was years ago, and you humbled yourself and God absolutely transformed your life. I'd like you to come up here and I'm going to interview you. It's going to be a minute interview. Real quick, you're going to tell us the story of how when you humbled yourself, it was then that God healed you and it was an unbelievable miracle. Is there someone here? You're willing to come up? Just tell us that story briefly. Come on up here, girl. I need a mic. Can I get a mic? It'd be great. Give her a hand. That's gutsy. Give me your name again. All right, Sophie. Tell us, what, what did God do? When was this and what happened? Um, about a year ago, my family, we found toxic black mold and toxic green mold in our home. And we'd been living there for a year, and so we all got really sick. And um, we went to all these doctors trying to figure out how we could get better because we were all affected in different ways. Um, all of us started losing hair. My little sister was cognitively affected. And um, my 12-year-old brother started having a receding hairline. So we were all very sick. And we had to humble ourselves to find a way to get rid of it. So we all had to go onto this diet regime where we had to cut out pretty much everything that we used to eat. No sugar, no fruit, no grains, no coffee, no chocolate. Pretty much just eat um, vegetables and meat, no starches um, for three months. And um, we had to really humble ourselves and die to our own desires to get better and um, now we're all starting to get better, and we're gradually healing. Sometimes we still have issues, but um, God has really blessed our family, and we're starting to get better. So it's a big blessing. That's good. Um, so you said receding hairline. So we have mold in our house. That's what's going on. Give, give Sophie a round of applause. That's so special. Thank you for that. It's awesome. And you know, James, I know your story is amazing. And come on up here, brother. You stood up. And I have a feeling I know what you want to talk about. But it wasn't long ago you weighed how much? 398 pounds. 398 pounds. Yeah, I, too, don't eat sugar or flour anymore. But God, on, in February of 2008, basically came to me and told me to follow his way, even though it sounds strange just do the opposite of what I've done my whole life 
and to follow those who are, uh, that are going to God than not. There's things in food that are not God. To me, I just wake up, I do a discipline program because God showed me through the doors and every day I wake up, I do get on my knees and pray to God, meditate for half an hour, clear my mind with God and, and ask God to show me to, to a good life. Thank you, buddy. This is why I love this ministry so much. The stories here are so incredible, and I just want to thank you for opening up, for being real. There's no one here that's perfect. We're all struggling. We go through life. You know, we need each other. We hear these stories, and it's the Word of God that comes alive as we live out His Word as He speaks to us. God takes you right where you're at, and just don't, don't be afraid. God will lead you. He is our healer. He does miracles even today. And just, we're called to walk by faith. It's not a run. A little step can make such a huge difference in your life. And I pray the Holy Spirit has encouraged you with just one step that you would take in following Him in that path of humility. And may the Lord just touch you. Let's pray. Father, thank You that You're so good and gracious and kind. And Lord, You love us so much. And as we have seen in the Scripture, we're all Naamans. And we thank You that You send Yourself for us, but then You also send people and even doctors and friends. And they speak to us from You at times. And Lord, I pray that You give us the discernment and the humility to follow that where it is Your will and where truly You are speaking. And maybe right now You just need to say, Lord, would You give me Your grace Give me your power, because what I'm facing is big, and I just, on my own, and God, it's still dark, and I don't see quite the way, but I'm claiming you as my healer, and help me to just humble myself and follow you to your healing plan for my life. Thank you, God, for hearing that prayer. Thank you for being big enough to answer it for every life. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.